I hope that when I'm finished tonight, you'll be elated, delighted, extremely happy about the way your money is being used in Eastern Europe and Russia. Let me begin by saying this to you. I was here on, at the Bible School Hour, and I don't know how many of you have heard this story before, but as I talked to some of you out in the lobby, you looked at me kind of strangely like you had not seen me before. So I'll, I'll cover some basics of things about that, what, that we do, and I'll also give you some new things uh, tonight. Forty-four years ago this year, there was a group of young missionaries, six couples just out of college, that headed for Vienna, Austria, and they met with another couple, the Gwen Hensleys, who were already in Vienna, and they were trying to figure out how to get God's Word into the Iron Curtain countries of Eastern Europe and Russia. And young people over here in the corner, you would not have heard about this, but in those days, for 75 years, Russia and Eastern Europe, under the communist rule, said, there is no God but communism, and if we catch you with the Bible, we'll put you in jail. And that's what these young missionaries faced as they went over there. And so one of the first things they did was buy a little offset press because they knew they were going to have to have some kind of a printing ministry because they had all kinds of languages across Eastern Europe and Russia they had to deal with. And so they began to print tracts and handouts and they bought some shirt pocket sized Bibles and they began to smuggle these into Russia and Eastern Europe, into their luggage and into their clothing. And that's how the work began. After a short while, they were donated a Heidelberg Press. If any of you in here in the print business, you know that's a first class act in printing ministry. We have two of those in Vienna, Austria, running continually, printing Bibles and biblical materials. And actually, with that, with that introduction of that press into the system, they were off and running. In 1978, the Bamel Church of Christ down in Houston, Texas, took the oversight of this work, and those elders still have the oversight to this day. Eastern European Mission prints biblical materials, distributes them, and then goes back in and does follow-up work. That's unusual. We're not just a print ministry, and as we get into this, you'll see more things that we do. Since the beginning of this work, almost 9 million Bibles and related materials have gone into Russia and Eastern Europe. And today, churches are popping up all over those countries. I want to take just a minute to explain just a few things that we do. We not only get those Bibles and biblical materials to our churches, to our missionaries, but to individuals just like you in those countries. You see, our motto is, the Bible, we want everyone to get it. And so if somebody in those countries wants a Bible, we'll find a way to get them a Bible. But there's much more. I don't know if you all have World Bible School here. I may have asked that the last time. You do? We do at Bellevue as well. We have a large contingent of people that work on World Bible School all the time. I'm holding in my hand some World Bible School lessons. But this is in Serbian, and this is in German. And I have some more and a complete display outside, and I hope you'll come by and take a look at that display because there's a lot of different materials out there, and included in those is World Bible School materials. Here's what we do. We partner with World Bible School. Not any money changes hands. They print the lessons, and we translate them into other languages, and we ship them out all over Russia and Eastern Europe from our second-floor offices in Vienna. 
And everything we do, folks, is no charge. If one of our missionaries wants 500 Bibles this week, we ship him 500 Bibles, no charge. And we do that thanks to people just like you. We charge no one for anything. You'll see why we, we don't charge in just a minute. About a year and a half ago, I stepped off a plane in Moscow. I visited five different countries for Eastern European mission, going in and doing follow-up work. I went into Moscow, and I kind of stepped back into 1939 when I got off that plane. You just have to be there and see what I'm talking about. Remember, they spent all their money on arms for years. Didn't keep up the buildings, didn't keep up the pace with things, and, and so it, it has caused them some difficulty. They're coming out of it slowly, but it's caused them difficulty. And now that their God has fallen, uh, the Soviet Union, after that, immediately there, there was a, some, some terrible problems financially across the country. So people had difficulties. And I learned in Moscow that if you are a school teacher, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, a professional person, you might be fortunate enough to make $100 a month in Moscow. Now you say, well, there's a big disparity there between costs over there and here. No, there isn't. I've been there. And so when you, when you look at what the professional people make, and this is the city, Moscow, what they make, where does the guy working on the street, what does he make? And the policeman. And I flew over to St. Petersburg. Oh, by the way, I met with missionaries and, and, and took them uh, literally suitcases of materials and Bibles there in Russia. And let me tell you just a, uh, an interesting little thing. I wanted some Russian food, and, and I assumed that my, my uh, American friend was going to take me to a Russian restaurant when I met him in Moscow. And we went in and, into a fancy, off-the-beaten-path uh, shopping mall, shopping center, underground, where only the elite went. And he took me to Sabaro's Pizza. I didn't want a Sabaro's pizza, but you just smile and, and chew on the pizza, and I got my Russian food later. So anyway, I was surprised to find a Sabaro's pizza in that underground thing there. So then I got on a plane and went to St. Petersburg, and I uh, came out of my hotel, the, the St. Petersburg Hotel, and St. Petersburg is a beautiful old city, smaller than Moscow, of course, but a key city. And I went there to meet with the Russian Bible School, and I was, as I was coming out of the hotel, I had with me an interpreter from the local church there, spoke fluent English, walked out, looked right over the, in the corner, and I may have told you this story when I was here before, looked over in the corner, and there are two traffic cops in those ill-clad uniforms, and they're writing tickets to people who are disobeying the rules, and they're collecting. And I said, Vlad, would you explain that to me? And he said, well, they probably haven't been paid in three or four months. So one of the way the government lets them get their pay is they can collect. Somebody's shaking their head like they understand that. I believe you do understand that. They don't let them collect, and they can keep part of that so they can eat. And so I learned some valuable lessons there. Now, do you see why we are ready and willing to give away Bibles and biblical material? We want people to have them. We want them to be able to afford them, and if they can't, we want them to have them. And so... I made, it, made my way about a mile around the waterway, beautiful waterway, to this old, dilapidated Russian building, and I went up the elevator to the second floor, 
and met with a group of ladies from the Varskaya Church of Christ, where I worshiped the last Sunday I was there. And these ladies are studying with 80,000 Russians, correspondents, teaching them the Bible. The Brentwood Oaks Church in Austin, Texas. The Brentwood Oaks Church is helping them do this. But these little ladies, there's only 15 people in the Varskaya Church, and two of them are men. So these ladies are studying, corresponding with all these people, teaching them the Bible. There's a radio program that goes out from there that teaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of that radio program, it says, if you'd like a free Bible, send to this address. That's us. And I'll quickly tell you this story because I told it to you before, but I want you to hear it again because it's important. The first 10 broadcasts of that radio program, we received 22,000 requests for Bible. 22,000. And so Eastern European Mission said, you know what? We're not just going to send a Bible. We're going to send an adult Bible. That's a Russian adult Bible, and I'm holding it. You can see these. A children's Bible. I always ask, has anybody seen this cover before in a children's Bible? Nodding heads everywhere I go. That's because you can buy this at Gospel Advocate and other places. This is a Bible story Bible. This happens to be in Russian. We print this in eight different languages. So we put each one of, the, one of each of these Bibles into a packet. We also put something in there called a newcomer's guide to the Bible. You just need it if you've never seen a Bible before. It'll walk you through the Bible and what the Bible is all about. We put in there ten biblical morality lessons, which I'll tell you a lot about later. We also put in there, what is the church of Christ? How to begin a church in your home or in your city? How to become a Christian? All that in this packet of materials. And we took that to congregations all over the U.S. Here is the packet. We took that to churches all over the United States. And we asked for help. 500 congregations across America helped. They gave us a million two hundred thousand dollars and about Two and a half years ago, we completed this project. We sent this to over 41,000 Russian families. 41,000. But we didn't just send it and forget it. If there was a church anywhere near the person who received this packet, we notified the church, so-and-so received this packet. Would you contact them? And because the Russian Bible school, those little ladies with help from a couple of ladies down at the local little antiquated post office, they mailed all 41,000 packets for us. <laughs> and because they did that, the folks that down in, uh, at the Brentwood Oaks Church in Austin, Texas, said, you know, we, I, I think we can help you do some follow-up work on these. So they took a, looked at a large map of where we had the most concentration of these 41,000 packets. And they contacted these people across Russia. And they said, we're going to be in your city on such and such a date. And we'll be at this building. Would you come and let us help you understand the literature we send you? The first group that came was 65 people. Came and brought their materials. And so that's going on now, folks. That's ongoing kind of thing. Studying with these people and hopefully bringing as many to Christ as we possibly can. Now, <clears throat> let me tell you about something else. For many, many years, the Russians had what they called pioneer youth camps. You read those stories. 
And they would bring their children in every year and tell them there is no God but communism. They had thousands of these camps across Eastern Europe and Russia. And when communism fell, Christians from the United States of America began to go into those camps. They began to allow us to do that because, you see, now they had a three or four hour a day void in their youth camp that they used to plug in with the communist propaganda. And so they let us come and, and bring our Bibles and biblical material. And in the last three and a half years or so, well over 100,000 of these Bibles, I guess it's closer to 150,000 now, have gone into those youth camps along with all kinds of other biblical materials to teach these children. And most of these children had never had a Bible before. And that's ongoing. We're doing the same thing in Ukraine. What I'm about to tell you now is the same thing I told you a year ago. The reason that I stand here tonight and the reason that I run from place to place and run to Knoxville and over to Chattanooga and wherever else I need to go <clears throat> in this area is for what I'm about to tell you. We take these Bibles and Bible-based character and morals curriculums just like this one in Russia and other languages. And we're getting those into the public school systems across Russia and Eastern Europe. And you couldn't do that in Mount Juliet, Tennessee tonight if you wanted to, nor in Bellevue where I live. As a matter of fact, if I took a box of Bibles in English to your local school in the morning and said, let me, just let me pass them out to one class, what would they tell them? Hit the road. You can't even pray publicly in the public schools here anymore. Would you ever have thought that those godless countries, formerly godless countries of Russia and Eastern Europe, would be letting us Bibles in their public school? I'll quickly tell you the story again about Dr. Vladimir Skovorodnikov. Some of you had the good fortune of meeting him at our last dinner we had in November uh, out at the Sheraton Music City. Some of you sitting here were at that meeting and got to see and meet Dr. Skorodnikov who received a standing ovation. We don't give many standing ovations at our dinners, but he got one. I'll tell you why. This man was a communist, believed in God, believe it or not. Not many of them do, but that's about as far as it went. Back in the mid-90s, he was in charge of a huge school district down in the southern part of Siberia, Russia, called the Altai region. In his region, there were 430,000 children in that school district. He was so concerned about the morals in the country and what had happened since the fall of the Iron Curtain that he attended in his home city of Barnaul, Russia, he attended a seminar on Christianity. And thank the Lord that was put on by the North Atlanta Church of Christ. At the close of that seminar, he went up to those brethren and said, why don't you go back and put together a character and morals curriculum based on your book, the Bible, and I'll get it taught in my school. And so these brethren eventually made their way to Eastern European Mission. We said, we'll fund that. We'll take care of that. Don't you worry about that. And we've been to ship character and morals based on the Bible into those public school systems. And we also began to send along our New Testaments with that. And Dr. Skovronikoff emailed us back and said, we don't know anything about your Bible. Do you have something that would help us? And that's when we came up with the Newcomer's Guide to the Bible. And I have it in English outside to show you if you'd like to see it. And so we began to send these and the Testaments and the curriculum 
We finished that project, all 430,000 children, by early 2000. And during that time, between the time we met Dr. Skovrodnikov and the time we finished that school system, he obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he began to open up all kinds of doors for us. He opened up 1,170 public libraries for us to take our Bibles and biblical materials into. And they all have them today. People can come in off the street and study God's Word. Then he went north of there to a region called Tomsk. T-O-M-S-K. Tomsk is an area about the size of the state of Arkansas. 225,000 children in that school system. We completed that whole school system about two years ago. Then he went to Novosibirsk. Oh, before he did that, however, he made arrangements for us to teach the public school teachers. This last spring, the man who wrote the Newcomer's Guide to the Bible, Dr. Michael Armour, went over to Barnaul, Russia, hoping to have maybe 100 teachers to come and spend a full week. We'd pay the tab, and we would teach them how to teach the Bible to the children. Now, that's an open door, folks. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, we had 157 people show up the first day, and they graduated 127 who received their diplomas to be able to teach that anywhere in Russia. And we're going back this spring to do it again, and we'll be going up into the Tomsk region to do it up there a little bit later. And then Dr. Skovorodnikov let us know early last year, Novosibirsk, Russia, is ready for your Bible. I want you all to know something. We have to keep a little chain around Dr. Skorodnikov. Now, there's a reason we have to do that. We're just like you folks. You know, we have this much money, just like you, and we have all these projects on the table, and it's enormous. And we have to pick and choose just like you do. And I know, David and Bob, this, this, that's not easy to do. There's great works out there. And there are great opportunities all across Russia and Eastern Europe. We have to pick and choose. And so we have to keep this. There's no telling how many public schools we could do in the morning if you just had the fun. But Dr. Skovronikov came to us and said, Novosibirsk is now ready. That's an area about the size of the state of Tennessee. 386,000 children, 1,600 public schools in that system. So we put together the typical package. Bibles, depending on the age of the children, adult or children's Bible the Newcomer's Guide to the Bible, the Ten Biblical Morality Lessons, and we also put in there this time videos that, show the, that portray the life of Jesus Christ using priceless paintings, something like the old Jewel Miller Fisher. We put those videos in there along with a full-color book telling the same story. All that. And we took that to congregations this past year, and we said we want to have a million-dollar Sunday on August the 29th, of 2004. Will you help us? Again, about 500 congregations came forth, and we raised a million and a half this time. One and a half million dollars. And folks, I want to tell you something. By December the 31st, all 386,000 children, 1,600 schools, had all their materials and all their study helps to study the Bible in those 1,600 public schools. Isn't that fantastic? It ought to be worth an amen, shouldn't it? Good. Thank you. 
Now, here's why we were able to do it so quickly. Eastern European Mission, on faith, when we decided we were going to do this, borrowed the money and started printing those Bibles like crazy and all those materials. On faith. And so we were ready to roll. I mean, everything was ready to go. We just had to ship, ship the goods. And it all got there, and it's all done, and it's all complete. Thank the Lord. Now, there are other things that Eastern European Mission does. Many of you who are familiar with the end of World War II, and you were here then, and I was, you know that there were thousands and thousands of children orphaned at the end of World War II. Unbelievable, almost. All across Russia, Germany, Eastern Europe. And you know that in Russia today there are more orphans than there were at the end of World War II. With the poverty and the problems that they've had, many families just abandoned the children. And so Eastern European Mission has been trying to help that situation. We've been getting Bibles and biblical materials into those orphanages. Just recently, there is a, a group of Christians up in Montana. That group of Lifeline of Hope, they're called. That group of Christians have been going over and trying to reach 10,000 orphans. And even though these children are in orphan homes, many of them don't have the necessities. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough, the right food. They don't have enough clothing. They don't have enough of the necessities, toothpaste, toothbrush, those kind of things. So these brethren said, we're going to take care of their needs there. We want to do that for 10,000 children. And we also want to get them the Bible. Eastern European Mission said, don't worry about the Bibles, we'll handle that. So we just finished 10,000 Bibles to those kids. Now I want to tell you about a great opportunity that we have, folks. Another great opportunity. There's a group called Jeremiah's Hope. They're operating out of Donetsk, Ukraine. These are brethren from the states. In Donetsk, Ukraine, and all around that area, there are orphans' homes everywhere. And these brethren are asking for help from some churches. Now, I want to tell you this up front. I don't have all the answers to all the questions on this. We're just putting this together. But here's what these brethren need. They need $1,500 for a year for Christmas gifts and gifts for birthdays. Now hold it. Christmas gifts and gifts for birthdays. And they want, what they would like to do is have a congregation say, we'll take, we'll take church number four, or we'll take orphan's home number four, or we'll take number five. Now that's not all they want. They would love for you to come over on Christmas and distribute those gifts. Send a team. And then... Later on in the year, come back with a bigger team and do a VBS for your orphan's home that you're sponsoring, that you're looking at. Come back and do a VBS, and Eastern European Mission is already planning to support that with all the materials you need, all the Bibles you need. So it will be a matter of bringing your team over and working with those children, and for the first time in their life, they'll hear about Jesus Christ and God the Father. So I'm just laying that thought out there for you. I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. Because here are thousands and thousands of children 
who may never have an opportunity to hear about God. And we can do something about that. So I just want to put that out there and put that on your heart for you to think about because the potential for this is phenomenal. And the opportunity for you, individual, and the reason I'm telling you this is because the last time I was here, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, I, I, I love to go overseas. I love to do mission work. Uh, we have teams. We send teams out here. And I don't run into that everywhere I go, brethren. That's a blessing. And I'm grateful to what you, for what you all are doing with that. And so here's an opportunity. If this touches your heart, let's talk to Bob and to the elders and, and let's get more information about it. And maybe this is something you'd want to do. Touch the children twice a year at their birthdays and at Christmas. Go over at Christmas and pass out the gifts and then feed them God's Word and the VBS. Would you think about that and pray about that? I've told you about Russia. I haven't told you a lot about Eastern Europe, just a little bit about Ukraine. But before I close, would you be turning to uh, the book of Colossians, please, the second chapter, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Before I close, I just want to remind you that we're in universities with our character and morals curriculums based on the Bibles. We're in universities in Estonia, in Lithuania, uh, in Ukraine, in Barnaul, Russia, in Germany, and more places as they, as they allow us to come. Also, and I failed to mention, in Volgograd. That's another whole story in itself. But I only have a short time to deal with you, and I also realize that there's something waiting at home when you get there. It's called a television set. So I'm not going to try to keep you a lot longer. But all, the, these, all these are opportunities, folks, that Eastern European Mission tries our best to take advantage of as many of them as we possibly can. And Lord willing, we want to help these folks, and particularly we want to reach out to these orphans who have never had an opportunity to know about Jesus Christ. In the second chapter of the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul, down in verse 6, talks to the brethren there, and he says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, in the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, he said essentially the same thing. In the twelfth chapter of Romans, he took that a little deeper. But here he's telling us, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, now live it. Well, how did you receive Christ Jesus? Look at verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That burial in baptism, that crucifixion of the old self and the coming up a new creature is what happened to those of us who are in Christ. Now look at chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised up with Christ, a new creature, out of that watery grave. If that's your situation, if you've been raised up, then keep seeking things above, not things on this earth. Because things on this earth won't matter. They don't matter. It's only the things in heaven that matter to us, the things above. If, if you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And that's what I want, and I believe that's what you want too. 
And then he tells us there's some things we've got to put off. And we do that in that watery grave. We've got to put off sexual immorality and sexual impurity and passion and evil desire and greed. We've got to get rid of that. It's because of those things that God is coming back with his, to bring his wrath upon us. It says so right here. Then he also tells us, Christians, you put aside that kind of anger that hurts, that wrath, that malice and slander, and abusive speech from your mouth, Christians. Get rid of it. Because, you see, we're seeking things above, not things on this earth. And then he tells us down in verse 12, tells us how to live. And so as those who have been chosen of God, and that's who you are if you're his child, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Now listen to me, Christian. Please listen. As an old retired elder, why is it so difficult for us to forgive a brother and a sister in Christ? What makes that so tough? Sometimes we can't get people over here to speak to people over here. Got problems. Think about this for a minute. I hate to even bring it up. I won't ask you to do it. I'll do it myself. Just think about the things that God has forgiven me of, the filth and the sin. I wouldn't want that put on this screen for anything in this world. I wouldn't want you to see it. Would you? But God has taken that away, folks. He's forgiven me. And we must forgive our brothers and our sisters and our mates and those in this world. We must do that. That's our challenge as Christians. We have to do that. Just think about what God has done for us and be willing to forgive. And beyond these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Listen, love to a Christian, folks, is the bond. It's the glue that holds us together. Is that not right? Love is the glue that holds all this together. Now, by the faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. That's because that goes into eternity with us. That's our bonding. That's our glue. Then finally... Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And you can't let it dwell within you richly if we're not in the book. And we have to be in this book. I talked to Brother David about that earlier tonight. We have to be in this book. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, to all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. As I look out over this audience, I dare say 98% of you tonight are probably, have probably obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you hear these things from Paul, and we hear about the abusive speech from our mouth and forgiving our neighbors and our sisters, if there are things on your heart tonight, folks, and you're a child of God, and things on your heart that are not right and you know it, this is the time to make it right. There are brothers and sisters all over this building who will pray for you. And I believe that if you're truly repentant, God will forgive you of those sins. Don't you? 
I do. If you're not a child of God tonight, the blessings in this book are not yours. Eternal life is not yours. I'm sorry, it is not. But you can have it, and you can have that tonight. If you've heard this gospel before, you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you're willing to repent and change your life, be buried with him in baptism, raised up a new creature. You can do that tonight. Whatever your needs are, would you come as we stand and sing? have one thing that I want to say to you. I have a few of these that I'd like to pass out as, as far as they will go. The picture you see on this cover is a little child with one of these very Bibles that I'm showing you. This is one of the children that was involved in that hostage takeover in the public schools in Russia. Remember that? Many of those kids were killed. Uh, we went and talked to as many of those children as we could and provided Bibles and whatever help we could for them with your money. We appreciate so much Fred taking the time to be out here tonight. The work that they're doing, he will be in the back, and there's a display of some of the other aspects of that ministry if you want to talk to him. As you can see, on these bookmarks in the, the front pew rack, uh, we do have some time set aside. After Fred came and talked to us last year, there were several of us that decided we wanted to do something to be involved with this ministry in Russia. And so there are several who've inquired about that, and and we are planning during the summer, and you can see a general time frame there. We're not sure on the specifics yet, but we're prayerfully pursuing and planning an opportunity, uh, specifically those orphanages that he mentioned. And so if you have any interest in that whatsoever and you can't stick around to talk to Fred, uh, please, please let me know, uh, let one of the elders know, and, and uh, Bob Schmidt, who is the, the head of our missions committee, let's, let someone know because we'd love to plug you in and do, do some work for the Lord this summer. Uh, if you would please turn to number 63. Number 63. If you haven't had the chance to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the fellowship hall. And as we stand and sing number 63, if you would make your way out there, there will be some men who can serve you there. Let's stand and sing together. I
blessing to be here both this morning and this evening. If you haven't already done so, uh, if you would fill out an attendance card so that we can know you've been with us and pass those to the aisle. Our young men will collect those. As we sing number two, we sing number two. We focused all day and sung about our mission. And as we leave here, uh, let's, let's ask God to help us as, as we revive and uh, as we go out this year and uh, the different mission efforts that we'll be supporting. Let's sing number two together and then we'll be dismissed in prayer. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for the Spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, my glory. Hallelujah, amen. Pray with me, please. Dear God and Father, we pray that our worship this morning and this evening has been acceptable to you. Father, we are so thankful for everything you give us. And Father, we know that there are people here in this congregation that have private hurts and private struggles and we ask you to bless them and, and comfort them and let them see joy and peace in you. And, Father, we further ask that you open our hearts, that in our mission-mindedness, that it's our heart we start first with. We clean our hearts, and we ask you, Father, to help us increase our faith. And through our faith, we show our love. Bless us in all of our endeavors, Father, it is, and we ask you to be with us through this week that we show your light and your love in our life, whether it's next door or in the next nation. Bless us, Father, and thank us so much for loving us. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. <coughs>